Hello and welcome to episode 78 of Paper Tuesdays with Michael Dwyer and Mark Halpin. It's great to have you with us. You've placed play and we're ready to go. Let's roll. Yeah. But you have to come and see us on the Friday the 3rd of December. We're really excited to have you with us, aren't we, Mark? We are. Where can they get their tickets? Uh, PaperTuesdays.com is the best place. Through the link in our Instagram bio. Indeed. And just, it's going to be a great conversational night with the likes of Bree Brown, Conor MacDonald, uh, Billy Byrne and Jer Cush. I'm going to try and grow a moustache and you're one step ahead of me. Mark. Are we doing November? Ah, yeah. Can yeah, we that's... <laughs> we could do it as a Paper Tuesdays thing. Yeah. We could just do... You can set up a Mo, Mo account, can't you? And do yeah. a fundraiser. Let's do it. We can do that, yeah. Right, I'll right. do that later. Right. I'll just save the beard <laughs> off tomorrow. Sure, I already have this. Oh, be God. That's great. A good head start. Yeah, uh, the link for that will be in the bio. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> we don't want to confuse things too much. We're going to push the tickets more than the Movember thing. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. If you have an extra... Yeah, that's it. Mark, what would your relationship be with homework and what was it like? Uh, non-existent for the most part. Really? Um, yeah, it was a big a point of contention with me and the school. Me and the world, really, was homework. I didn't really believe in it. I thought mm. I had done enough in school, even though I'd done nothing in school. Yeah. But uh, it was kind of like I didn't do homework for fifth and sixth year. Definitely not TY. I didn't get any, but uh, I got 305 into leaving without doing any homework. So I think if I'd done even... And that's like people do night study and homework. I think I could have got a, a fairly good leaving cert if I'd done it. So I, I'd recommend doing it. <laughs> But I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, yeah, I suppose like you're you three or five with no homework is not bad. It's not. It's a. Uh, oh, I do. I do. I wish I'd gone back and on homework. Probably not. Because you know I got good times. But like that homework. takes persistence for two years for teachers to come up to you and say, "Where's your homework?" And you go, "No." Yeah, that that's what happened in sixth year. For fifth year, it was excuses at the start. And it was kind of like, oh, you know, I forgot to do it or I left my copy in my locker or something. Some teachers send you to your locker to get it and it wouldn't be there. You're like, oh, I actually left it at home or something. Then eventually they just kind of, they realize you don't care no matter how much they're going to push you or give out to you. So then it just comes to sixth year and they get to your desk and like, Mark, and just I shake the head. And they're like, all right, next one. It's stop becoming notes, stop being detentions. I remember uh, Mr. Gan said to me at one point, it's your own future you're throwing away. That was in second year. <laughs> <laughs> but yet it's worked out. It's worked out, yeah. Sure, what, what was I going to do, you know? Yeah. What, what would homework, what way would it have served me? <laughs> I would have got a good leaving cert. I spent five years in college, got a job I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. You would have done brilliant. your homework though. Yeah, I did my homework and I'm thinking back and thinking all the hours that you put in and all the Oh my gosh. And you just didn't do it. No. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> but anyway, Mark, a, a Danish artist, I don't think he did homework either. He's returned two blank canvases for works entitled Take the Money and Run. Some balls to do that. What So it? sorry, like you know the way artists they get commissions mm. and uh, do something nice and they put it up on the wall in the gallery. Mm. Well, sure, this man decided he, yeah, that's grand. Give me your canvases there. And he got these two massive crates. He mm. put the canvases in the crates mm. and he just sent them off. So he didn't put any work on the canvases. Yeah. There. And anyway, this man, Jens Hanning, uh, was asked, uh, obviously, to provide the work. And he said that he is capturing in the work breach of contract. And um, he was actually asked to provide two pieces on the subject of work. 
right. so yeah it, there's a bit of cleverness in it yeah um he says it's 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 the work is meant to describe how should artists be work be valued because mm. he's saying that it's they don't get paid a lot mm. and the artist encourages people to take the money and run more often he says that people are too used to you know um getting into a job and then they might have to pay for things associated with job uniforms mm. and he's more of the view get your money and run so, yeah, he's a well-known Danish artist and uh, the new and interesting art actually has resulted in the gallery not taking legal action. Right. So they actually paid him for nothing. Yeah. Do you think this is actually some kind of social stance he's taken or is it just pure laziness? Oh, it has to be a cross of the two. Like there's a bit of intelligence there and like social stance is very, social stances are convenient when they, when they, when they suit you. Yeah. Yeah. As is often the case, as is almost always the case. Yeah. 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 Fair play to him. Look, he got paid for doing nothing. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it's a good long term plan for the function of society. Says the man who didn't do homework. Didn't do homework, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, but when there's money involved, do you think that there has to be some form of labor expended in exchange for that or talent? Or... Yeah, it's an exchange, isn't it? Exactly what you said. It's you're buying something for something. You know, mm. What this guy is doing, he's getting something for nothing. Yeah, that's all he's doing. He's taken, you know, mm. it's not a morally uh, viable kind. It's not something that should be supported, I don't think. Yeah. But uh, homework was work for no money. So I was giving the school something for nothing. Yeah. Do you know, I've shown up there every day, putting in eight hours <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Mm, interesting. Um, Mark, a Welsh woman has earned a Guinness World Record for her collection of 5,284 pieces of Harry Potter memorabilia. Right. Yeah. Um, three rooms in her house are taken up with this collection and she's beaten a fellow Welsh woman with a collection of 3,686 items. So that Welsh, other Welsh woman has tapped out and it really just reveals obsession, I think, Mark. Mm. Um, what do you think? Would you ever be as obsessed with Harry Potter to do the same? No. I like oh. the films. I don't think mm. I read the book. Would you have read the books? Or I read the books. I remember one of the last books I skipped to the end. Um, yeah, <laughs> <the best. laughs> because it was getting to the climax of oh, what's going to happen now to Harry or whatever. This was but, after reading Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week. Yeah. <laughs> Skip straight to the end. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, Harry Potter um, is very good, but you see, J.K. Rowling got cancelled. Oh, what was it recently? Something to do with um, transgender transphobia or something. She kind of was fairly. Adam and Dinner stands that there's only men and women, there's only two genders, and she kind of got a big backlash for it. I'm not sure if there was any big, um, I think she just kind of got her name dragged through the dirt. I don't think there was any sort of business problems, but I'm sure she's still getting massive royalties for mm. Harry Potter. Mm. But yeah, again, look, I'm not taking any sort of stance either way on this, but uh, if you're going to put your opinions on something outside of your field, which is exactly the only thing I do here, you're going to get, you know, it's a risky business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should have our on. It'd be just to see whether, like, you know, the, when big things blow up, mm. like, the how the person themselves feels afterwards, like, would they say, oh, I do it again? Or they say, oh, Cheney, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, Cheney, I can't, I can't get a minute's sleep now. Yeah, it, it could be a case, you know, like, where you, you have to double down on something, even though you've made a mistake, mm. you know. It, it could just be a bit a slip of the tongue or something, you know, and people yeah. blown out of proportion. You know, people love to write articles, you know, 
clickbait and stuff like that. So the more they write, the more money they make on this, and they kind of mm. they don't really realize that there's someone's life is on the other end of this. You know? Yeah. They have to deal with the backlash. That's true. Mm. Um, and when it comes to obsession and this Welsh woman with five thousand two hundred eighty-four pieces of Harry Harry Potter memorabilia, when is it gone too far? Do you think? It's a form of hoarding, isn't it? Yeah, but it's very specialized hoarding. Like she definitely has a catalogued. I'd say, like you, know, I don't know. I wouldn't put her in this. I I can. I have been a hoarder in the past, but I I don't classify her as a hoarder. To be mm. honest, you would you have hoarded stuff in a specific type of item, or would it have been just just holding on to absolutely everything in terms of like uh, GA items, GA memorabilia. When Ashton first like saw my bedroom, I say she was aghast at. The shoe boxes upon shoe boxes of written notes, yeah. just from matches. Every match that I've been to, every and I just threw them all out because I. Sure, when was I going to use them? Again? When were you going to read them? Yeah, but then again, like you are into history and genealogy and stuff like that, so yeah. you know these are things that are that's all they are is documents, documentation. Yeah, true. But I've only realized recently how important it is to have a bit of order and organization behind it because otherwise yeah. it's just, you know. It's just something that you almost your ego feeds off. Oh, look how great I am. I have 11 shoeboxes of, you know, this work that I've done. You know, so mm. it's, it's more, it's better, it's more worthwhile and more prudent to actually have a bit of order and organization about what you produce. Yeah. Like, that's why, like, I'm doing a book at the moment for the Navy Energy A Club. And, like, I used, I'd say, five, no, three percent of what I gathered. I'm actually using for the book, you know, so yeah. it just proves that, you know, Sometimes about being economical. Yeah, yeah. But mm. why would you need to be economical with 3,000 Harry Potter figurines mm. or whatever she has? It must be a labour of love. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe it's something to distract herself from. Bigger things. Bigger things. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, Mark, I'm going to bring you more local now and I'm going to give you a local uh, news. This comes courtesy of Larry Cullen Sr. Thank you, Larry. So Larry um, was telling me how he was keeping an eye out for a hedgehog. Now, I didn't know this, Mark, but did you know that hedgehogs are very good at eating uh, caterpillars and um, slugs and snails? No. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, the, uh, Larry was keeping. Larry Larry lives in rural Ballywilliam here, yeah. and Skinner is an urbanite. He lives in the Garden City in Gorey, yeah. and so Larry and Carol one night they spotted a hedgehog and they captured it, and they brought it into Skinner, where he then moved the hedgehog to his enclosed garden. But unfortunately, within two nights, they noticed that the hedgehog has gone missing. So they're making an appeal. If anyone knows uh, that they've spotted a hedgehog in Gorey that looks a bit out of place. Skinner is the man that wants it, and he he'd like the hedgehog back. So, a bit, a bit of urgency here, lads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark, have you ever considered how little credit we give animals? Credit. Yeah. In like I know we worship dogs and we worship cats, and you know, like, and and I I get that, but. Uh, it only struck me recently how, like, while they don't have rational intellectual capacity or anything like that, when fireworks went off, these dogs got anxious. Mm. And we could see, we could observe their anxiousness. I, Ashton has a dog, a, a collie, Bobby, and he is, or she is anxiety personified. Mm. And with the fireworks, she was like that, she wouldn't move, and she, you could actually see it in the creature. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating, like, how... Well, we know that this dog can speak to us, they can feel in a way as well in how they interpret the world. Yeah. 
what's amazing is like do you ever see say someone would have a baby or whatever and the, the cats or the dogs would know what's going on there that yeah. these owners and this is their baby and they become protective of it yeah like uh even with uh brendan's dog georgie you've met georgie she's not yeah. the most empathetic or like she can yeah. be a bit of a, a queen like she's yeah. uh but she's very good with their daughter like yeah. very good and she has no time for me no patience at all but she's very good with avian because she knows what's going on there like so dogs are fairly emotionally intelligent i think i heard somewhere before the dogs are like two-year-olds in their emotional capacities wow that's how that's i don't know how they measure that's really that, interesting but it is yeah. yeah so the yeah the fireworks thing is kind of what can you do about it like you know, if you're not setting off fireworks yourself, there was fireworks going off here last night, but our dogs kind of couldn't hear it, I don't think. But if... I'm not saying that we can't use fireworks because of dogs. I'm more saying that, isn't it, guess how, in the same way that humans overreact to something over, overwhelming, so the same can be observed in, in our pets. Yeah, yeah. And dogs know when, they're being, when they've been bold or when they're in trouble as well. Yeah. Do you know? What, what is it for you that you've noticed with that, like? Oh, like, um, just say when, you know, a dog is doing something they shouldn't have done. Baxter doesn't do it. Baxter just does whatever he wants and he has yeah. no um, form of remorse. Yeah. So a sociopath, I think. <laughs> but I noticed that also the head goes down and, you know, then he's, oh, I'm very sorry, yeah, but I'll do it yeah. again in 10 seconds. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, my advice for anyone thinking of holding a wedding soon, uh, don't have it in an ecological park. I just think that goes without saying. But a Mexican wedding uh, went ahead in an ecological park and it was ransacked by a bear uh, searching for food. Yeah. So this comes thanks to TikTok. Shout out TikTok. Uh, it included footage of people rattling pots and pans to scare the bear away. Mm. And thankfully, no one was injured and he eventually went away. Mm. Where did you say this was? Mexico. Mexico. Mm. A black bear, then they're not the yeah. bigger ones, aren't they? Not? No, they're the not exactly. Are, isn't it black bears you should stand your ground with? Oh, uh, brown bears you should play dead, and Kodiak bears you should accept that you're dead. Wow, they're going to kill you. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. where are Kodiak bears named? Uh, Canada, I think. Right, I think I have a picture with a Kodiak bear downstairs, right up at my neck here. It was the bear from the Anchorman film <laughs> I met when I was over there in a wildlife park. Genie, but they're man. just there's they're death machines like there's there's nothing you don't feel anything from them they don't care they, they will kill you like they, they don't see people as anything other than food yeah just, i actually didn't pick it out but i saw it doing the rounds on instagram that there's a south african and he took a pet hippo you saw this i saw it yeah go on though oh well do you know much more oh, it was just a south african man uh, found an abandoned hippo when it was a baby and took it in as a pet for six years and he went swimming with it, I believe, in a river, and it dragged him underneath the water and killed him and maybe ate him. I can't remember them or not. But yeah, we need to distinguish, like as we're saying with dogs and their emotional intelligence, that's a rarity. Like, yeah. Dogs develop that over time, like oh. from wolves living with us, that we gave them scraps in return, scraps off our food in return for protection of the campfire and all, and we kind of bonded over that, and yeah. they've learned their behavior through thousands, I don't know, maybe hundreds of thousands of years. That this is the correct relationship symbiotic we have relationship we have with dogs and through breeding and stuff now we just uh, we find them as cute and affectionate and stuff like that and they're companions and we feed them in return and that's what they get mm. 
we don't have that relationship with hippos mm. or lions or bears or tigers any of these things people keep as pets they will kill you yeah that's just, just bred into them it's part of nature nature needs predators and that's what these things are a really important message mark i know we're <laughs> stepping outside our threshold a lot here, <laughs> Again, mark, but, yeah. you know don't take the hippo um, if you're up uh, you can buy the only animal you need a license to own in ireland is a dog you can buy what venomous really? steaks you can buy venomous steaks i know where you can buy a lion for two grand <laughs> And are you talking Dublin or where would you go for this lion? They import it. The lion okay. costs like two grand itself. But you're, back when I was in owning snakes and yeah. I was looking into this stuff like and there was, um, I can't remember the name of the website. It might be T-I-G-E-R-S with full stops in between the letters. If you go into that, it's a forum for exotic pet owners and they'll show you how to get these animals <laughs> and import them. Yeah. And I was looking into this and like when I was younger, say maybe... 12, 13, I wanted to own all these animals. I wanted to own lions. Uh, my mountain lion was something I wanted. Uh, what are they called? A uh, lynx. I wanted to own all these things and I knew how to get them. It was just a, a money issue, thank God, at that stage. I didn't have. Fuck me. Like, it's, it's way too easy. <laughs> yeah. You can get these things and they're not expensive. I think Texas is a big place where they own these wild cats. Yeah. And, and like, there, I think there's more. Wild, I think there's more tigers kept as pets in Texas than there are in the wild. Yeah. Not even in zoos, like pets. It reminds me of Joe Exotic, and I saw a great tweet last night, and um, I just find it, it's a, it's a good joke, let me find it now. Um, it comes from Tim Dillon. I'm on the fifth booster, watching Tiger King 4. Ellen is president. The camps, are, the camps are for our own good. I'm excited about our day of sun next week. Everything is good. <laughs> Tim Dillon is great. Did you ever listen to his podcast? No, is he a comedian? He's so good. Oh, yeah, right. he's, okay. he's, he's fantastic. Everything is good. Yeah. <laughs> Day of Sun. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mark, if you could be an age forever, what would the age be and why? Nineteen. Oh. Okay. Why? I don't know. You're just old enough that you can do what you want, but you're young enough that everything is still fresh. But then if you're that age for the rest of your life, it won't be, do you know, there's still that possibility there. Maybe, maybe the age I am now, maybe like 25, I was 26, the same. yeah. Your brain is fully formed at 25, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. That's what they say. You're supposed to, your, your whole, your brain isn't fully formed until you're 25. Yeah. It's, um, it's a nice place to be in that, you know, like you, you, when you get to 30, you can't really act the maggot, but at 25, you know, you can still act the maggot a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Was it that Jordan Peterson was like, uh, it's okay to be a 20-year-old loser. It's uh, kind of sad if you're a 30-year-old loser and if you're a 40-year-old loser, you're a lost cause. Something along those lines, that's not the exact words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's that's it's all now. So if you if you can be an age forever, twenty five is the one. Uh, let me tell you about. Uh, oh yes, a very clever businessman. So Wisconsin's answer to Cranford's notorious Una Sinnott is Jesse Peterson. Mm. So Peterson owns Jay's Black Walnuts, right? Mm. He removes black walnuts from people's yards for free mm. because uh, they cause an obstruction for the likes of. Um, lawnmowers and the like yeah. um so since they're regarded as a nuisance he then uh, takes them away for free but he extracts the meat from the walnuts and he retails it then at 22 dollars a pound wow mm. isn't that interesting yeah 
So, so I don't know how there is meat in a walnut. I never really uh, deciphered how. Um, yeah, I never really ate walnuts, but um, yeah, walnuts are good. Are they? I like them. Yeah, they're nice. They're oh. very healthy as well, full of omega three. And have, have you noticed meat in the walnut? No, there's no, no meat in it. It's okay. Written by a vegan. Typical Americans. So, yeah. yeah. Um. Oh yeah. <laughs> also in America, there was a Colorado hiker, Mark, and he was lost for twenty four hours, but he ignored rescuers' calls because he didn't recognize the number. Imagine. Oh my god. Multiple search parties couldn't find this hiker uh, as they tackled Mount Elbert. And Search and Rescue Authority, LCSAR, has now advised if you're overdue according to your itinerary and you start getting repeated phone calls, please answer the phone. That is ridiculous. That's very Irish, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Irish, I think it would answer the call and figure out who your family is, but I don't know. Would we? Like, sure, we're answering all these calls to the people looking for the PPS number as well. And, yeah. yeah, I still answer nearly every phone call unless it's a very odd-looking number. Yeah, Tim Ferriss gave the advice lately, and I have taken it up, and that if you don't recognise the number, just let it go to voicemail. And it is actually helpful because if it is important, they'll leave a voicemail, and yeah. then I get the voicemail, and then I know what they're going to talk about, and then the five-minute phone call is shortened to a one-minute phone call, you know? Yeah. I was getting a few phone calls a few weeks ago of people saying they had a missed call from my number. And they're absolutely certain they had a missed call from my number. But yeah. they didn't. And this is like people in Dublin. Wow. That's and mad. They were like, what's your name? And I was like, what's your name? <laughs> like, I had a missed call from this number. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I was like, I was arguing with him on the phone. <laughs> Just ringing me looking for a fight. <laughs> my gosh. Uh, a Californian man issuing... Uh, oh, yeah. Has uh, sued a psychic. I said issuing is suing. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. (laughs) Uh, uh, Who said, uh, uh, yeah, this psychic told this California man that she could remove a witch's curse that had been placed on him by his ex. Okay. Right. So now he's looking for $25,000 in damages and she charged him $5,100. You know what you've said before about like exact figures and all. That's yeah, definitely yeah. what's the factor there. Five thousand one hundred to remove a curse from someone else. Yeah, uh, professional credentials of this woman impressed him. She used words like life coach and the like. Um, his ex hired a curse casting witch, and so this man was seeking to nullify her efforts. And yeah, it, after <laughs> when when the five when the money was paid to the psychic, um, he was filled with anxiety, couldn't sleep at night. But anyway, the the court case is ongoing, and uh, yeah, best of luck to him. Is all I can say. They didn't give any information on what the curse entailed. No, no, no. But actually, what was better again was the psychic was the one that identified that a curse had been placed on the oh. ex. So then, like, she had the power to say, oh, no, you need to pay oh, me to, uh, you know, just, absolve this. He didn't know what the problem was. He just went there. It's like, oh, it's a curse and I can yeah. lift the curse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you came to the right place. You <laughs> <laughs> did. Um, Mark, give me an example of a dream romantic couple. A dream romantic couple? Yeah. Oh, so I married at first sight. There's oh, yeah. <laughs> the English one. There was these two... I can't remember their names now. There was a blondie fella, English lad. and there, It was English one, so there was a lad and a one, and they're both about 25, 26. And ever since the very start of it, they were perfect the whole way through. I married at first sight. You do uh, your wedding is first, and then you have the honeymoon stage. You go on honeymoon, and then you like to live with each other in apartments or whatever. 
then you meet the family or whatever and then at the end they kind of see will they continue the relationship or not there's no actual uh legal ramifications of this you're not actually married it's just an experiment as a married couple to see how you get on but then at the end of this one when at, they're at the end to see if they continue as a couple your man actually proposed to your one so that was great yeah i think that'd be my wow perfect couple Wow, Cheney, that's a, that's a great story. And well, I found another one. There's a couple that's touring Scotland in a converted Hertz, nicknamed the Grim Sleeper. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Shannon, 24, and Ian, 31. And their dogs, Billy and Peanut, have toured Scotland. And uh, again, last week there was um, the, the man who's obsessed with wheelie bins, and I gave you an Instagram account. Well, this time I can give you an Instagram account for... Um, this this couple that are sleeping every night in a hearse. Mm. Um, it's at the underscore grim underscore sleeper, mm. and the hearse will be available for hire soon. Uh, they put an awning on its side when they get to caravan parks, and it actually looks quite practical. Mm. But they say themselves that when it's in parking spaces, it juts out a little bit too much. Right. So people, you know, people notice then that like it's a hearse, and not <laughs> not a caravan. So. Um, yeah, would you ever do it back? There's no way I would do that. No, not a hearse. I've done strange things and I've annoyed the heart out of Ashley Keen, but I'll never put her in a hearse for a night's sleep. No. <laughs> uh, speaking of, today yeah. is Halloween, the recording. Yeah. We had our Halloween special. Yeah. Have you any plans for tonight? Yeah, <laughs> I mentioned last week <laughs> that I'm going to a Halloween yoke and I'm yeah. going to go to it tonight, so you'll yes. find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah after booking the tickets though but like what am I getting myself in for I am going to so scream the house down in the RDS yes yeah so I um know uh, a young fella he's around 18 19 and I only found this out today he's working on one of those uh Halloween event type things oh, as right. a scare person and oh, apparently okay. last night someone tried to punch him in the face oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so this as we were saying like yeah it happens it's not worth it no if you're if you think you'll punch someone on one of these things don't go <laughs> <laughs> those are real people <laughs> another good warning Mark. this is a great public health episode <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so what time are you going up at what time is uh, it's at half eight like you couldn't get spooked you're half eight halloween night oh stop hygiene dark yeah uh, is it rain tonight I don't know. It's an indoor no. event though, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Oh, I'd say I'll need a kombucha after it. You will, maybe before. <laughs> you don't have it before, you know, it no, could, I end, could end, end up in your trousers. <laughs> but I think like it'd be very hard to maintain character um after someone punching you, trying to punch you. Yeah. Like how do you what, do what that? The fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, like you get ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be worse if you punched them back. <laughs> it's like the ghost scared me. Then he <laughs> jumped out and then he punched me. <laughs> yeah, we love it though, don't we? Like we love the 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 age. We love living on the edge. Like when it comes to paranormal activity. We Actually, do. there's a castle up in Offaly, and they they've made it their business now. It's called the Leap Castle, yeah. and or maybe it's the Lep, and uh, they um, they have paranormal. They, their business is they take people in as like us stay in the paranormal house and you see something crazy and this mm. type of thing so like that that does them all year round like you know it's, it's a great gas thing isn't it yeah uh, we do like 
it, the thing about it, I said this after the, the we had a medium on the podcast, is oh, that yeah. you can't say it's definitely real or it's definitely fake. Mm. And anyone who says one or the other knows they're wrong. I don't, because there's no hard and fast evidence to prove that the paranormal exists or it mm. doesn't exist. A lot of it could be in your own head, but some of it might not be. Mm. Which is, that's what's appealing about it. It's the unknown. Yeah. You know, that's what draws us in. It's the curiosity. Which is, it's it's important, I think, to to have be open enough to it. Otherwise, life can be boring, like, you know. Mm. And I think that's what's, I wouldn't have been a big fan of Halloween, but I think this year I kind of got more into it. I've been oh. uh, through, like, the tarot and the, the mediums and stuff like that. I've become a lot more open to this this whole world of fantasy or whatever which uh, I know I'm not, I haven't bought into it. I'm not fully mm. there yet, but I'm still, I'm curious about it. Like. Yeah. It's part of the mystery, isn't it? And uh, some of the, like, oh, I was like, about this time, like tomorrow is, around this time of year, what, it's about uh, all saints and all souls. And like, uh, you're, a saint is anyone that you know that was a really good person that is like gone to heaven or whatever, you know, like, so it's that sort of connection and, you know, that's, that's closest at this time of year, like, isn't it? Yeah, and it's great for like the kids as well. Do you know, like, oh, I, yeah, went, the kids, I, yeah. I went out to the car to get uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, I did. Sorry, you went out to the car first, yeah. No, I went out to the car to get something out of it last night, and it was dark around eight o'clock or so. And uh, as I was walking, it was kind of stormy last night, and yeah, I could hear. Uh, I kind of got halfway to the car, it was silent, then all I heard was screaming from kids <laughs> in the darkness, and I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but you're there just out enjoying Halloween, like, yeah. You know? I um, had, uh, we had a dress, fancy dress session for the, the underage, the four or five year olds. And uh, I forgot that like, it wasn't coaching, it was to have fun. Yeah. And I was there ready with me hurling. And they, some of them would just cross the arms and just say, don't talk. Like, <laughs> fair play to any parent because when when they when they disengage, it's quite difficult to get them back on site. It's, yeah. It's, uh, There's no amount of roll lifts to bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they're... I had a great wall to say because they just looked at me and they go, can we play a game instead? And then we just did Duck Duck Goose and then that's it. You know, yeah. and that's that's what they they knew that I didn't know but <laughs> that like I that children are meant to have fun, like because I'm dealing with adults all day, all week long. And then you have this child that wants entertainment and all. But I, I look forward to having children of my own to entertain and all. But I suppose when it's that... Well, it's not a part of your routine, your habit, then you're, you're, you get stuck in that little world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, three Florida sisters share the same birth date over different years, would you believe, Mark? Yeah. Uh, Kirsten, the mother of Sophia, Giliaria, uh, definitely not how she pronounces her <laughs> name, and Mia, puts the daughter's uh, shared birth dates down to serendipity and divine intervention, fate and loved ones up above. Nick and Kirsten may even have a fourth child. I like uh, Nick's quote then about this when will it fall on the 25th of August? Well, Nick admits that Kirsten is really good at planning. Really good at planning and like is so August the babies are born in? 25th of August. 25th, what's nine months before that 25th of november is that 25th of, is it christmas day no oh uh, no august is august. the eighth month yeah so, so the 25th of november something yeah. in late november could be a birthday mm. you never know yeah but uh speaking of florida yeah and disneyland okay i have a little true or false for you michael oh on incidents at disneyland oh wow this is very good okay so the first one i want you to tell me now is this true or false a disabled man subjected to 40 minutes of It's a Small World. 
True. True. On November 27, 2009, a glitch on the ride left a quadriplegic man stranded for 40 minutes. Oh my God. Disneyland, Disney were able to evacuate all other passengers immediately after a glitch barred a victim because he was in a wheelchair. After he was rescued from the ride, he was moved to fir- the first aid tent where It's a Small World was also playing on repeat. The victim claimed this added insult to injury and received 8,000 in compensation. Wow. Jeez, man. How would you feel if you were stuck on it? Oh, it's a sm- have you heard It's a Small World? Uh, I think no. there's only two lines in the song. I think okay. it's a small world after all. And I think that's it. So 40 <laughs> minutes of that. And the worst part is like, he didn't know when that was going to end. He didn't know it was going to be 40 minutes. And then they bring him to the tent. And he's still playing. Yeah. Oh, the poor man. Uh, number two, woman suffers internal bleeding after using a pixie stick as a suppository after being instructed to do so by a member of staff. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. Sorry, pixie stick and suppository are all I heard there. Sorry, can we so get that? A woman suffers internal bleeding <laughs> after using a pixie stick as a suppository after being instructed to do so by a member of staff. True. False. Oh, right. I made that up. <laughs> You have to Google what suppository is. <laughs> a suppository is where you shove it up your ass. Oh, you should, that's Pixie stick is a sugar stick. <laughs> uh, an eight-year-old girl is hit by a stray bullet at Disneyland. Oh, Jenny. No, Bob. True. True, Jenny. Disneyland is apparently surrounded by several neighborhoods where locals enjoy firing their bullets up into the air. These stray bullets can travel as far as a mile before gravity returns them to the ground. And in 1990, one of these bullets managed to hit an eight-year-old girl while riding the Disney Railroad. Surgeons were able to remove the medium-caliber bullet from the child's lower back, and she was able to make a full recovery. Oh, thanks be to God, Jenny Mac. That's crazy, isn't that it? That is mad. Disneyland. The damage it could have been caused by that. That's Florida. Apparently, Florida is kind of like Texas. A bit <laughs> like it's a bit wild, a bit mm. crazy. Uh, number four. In 1986, JFK was asked to leave the theme park after allegedly offering a sum of money to Minnie Mouse for a lap dance. What year? 1986. Well, it's false, false because he was dead. Ah, I couldn't think of when JFK was around. <laughs> what year did he die? <laughs> oh, Jenny. You have me now in the 70s anyway. Yeah. yeah that's a very <laughs> good one. <laughs> Trying to get lap dance. Uh, boy good. ran over by monorail attempting to sneak into Disneyland. True. True. In 1996, a 19-year-old was killed while attempting to sneak in. He managed to climb a 16-foot fence onto a monorail track leading into the park. The devious plan seemed to be working until a security guard uh, noticed him. To make matters worse, a monorail was making its way along the track at 25 miles per hour. The guard shouted to warn him, but unfortunately it was too late. The underside of the the monorail struck the 19-year-old and dragged him 40 feet down the track. By the time the monorail had made a complete stop, his body had been torn to pieces. Oh, God love him. That's rough, isn't it? Mm. Just pay your, pay your admin fee. Right. Uh, number six, staff in Donald and Go- Donald Duck and Goofy outfits get into knife fight, leaving Donald in ICU for six weeks. True. False. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> knife fight. Did you see some of the cork uh, was caught with a knife? To, so hopefully it doesn't for come and trend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, me and Breed have big arguments over sandwiches, so I sent that to her. Oh, right. Yeah. What's the arguments with the sandwiches? So about? I'm not allowed to eat ham and cheese sandwiches. Well, I am. I'm allowed one a day because when I went to the doctor that time about my high cholesterol, she told me to stay away from cheese. 
Jeez. I'm a big fan. Now I do overdo on ham and cheese sandwiches. So, sorry, this doctor, I thought it was only meat. This doctor also said, who cheese. is this doctor? I don't know. She it's, said stay away from cheese. I want to see his, his, or her, his or her credentials. Her, her, her credentials. Yeah. Yeah. But Why? Cheese, like, I what's don't know. so bad about a block what? of cheese? Uh, yeah, it's not even a block. It's just a slice I'm putting on a sandwich. <laughs> and that's what I'm getting in trouble for. And is Will you come case? in with me? To the doctor. I'll come into the doctor and I'll also come into uh, Breed. I, I'm surprised Breed. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're on my side. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> this is great. I'll finally have someone on my side. <laughs> It'd be good uh, live footage on the Instagram to, for us going in to confront the doctor in the middle of COVID. <laughs> and like, no, no, forget about COVID. Cheese. Like, really? Come on. Bigger things going on in the world. You went, you could smoke and alcohol. No, you went for fucking cheese. Cheese. Like, right. what more do they want from me? I don't do any of that stuff. Like, I don't smoke. I rarely drink anymore. I uh, watch what I eat. I eat well most of the time. It's just, and now I'm not allowed ham and cheese sandwiches. Now, right. in fairness, like, right. to breed, I was eating a lot of ham and cheese sandwiches. Right. I, I like, a lot. Like, I was eating five a day sometimes. Oh, so right. it was a lot. So, we, we've reached the common ground, and I only have maybe one a day now. One day. So, okay. we have one last one. Okay. Uh, 17 year olds die on a two mile per hour ride on separate occasions. Oh, true. True. Shame, Disneyland's people mover had a maximum speed of two miles per hour. The ride seemed seemingly harmless, and that's probably what contributed to the fearlessness and carelessness that killed the passengers. In 1967, a 17-year-old decided he would jump between two of the moving cars just as the ride was entering a tunnel. Sadly, he missed, fell, and was hit by an oncoming train. The ride had to be taken apart to remove his body. Oh, gosh. And then in 1980, another 17-year-old decided he would duplicate the stunt when the exact same thing happened and he was crushed beneath the wheels of the ride and his body was dragged hundreds of feet down the track. Mark, you're very, very, very comfortable in sharing the details. <laughs> you know, like anyone else would have said, and they sadly died. Oh, and they were dragged and they went this way and they went that way and then they found him there. They'd notice there'd be a lot more do interest in that I way, weren't they? It, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, they'd have after three and a half days of not being able to die and then they and eventually they died <laughs> yeah yeah what, why what is that why, why do you think you're able comfortable with that i don't know if yeah i probably am a bit too comfortable but like i think <laughs> it, it makes the story a bit more engaging i think to give the details mm. do you know it's like when uh you don't want to look at something but you do on the telly you know like i've been watching that haunted hill house and it's rough enough like Right. But I still have to watch it, even though I know I don't like looking at it. Yeah. So it's that. I think that's the same thing with the details. Like, yeah, you don't want to know, but you do want to know. Well, I suppose it shows us all. There's no way out, and it's either. There's know. no way out. Did I tell you before about uh, pneumonia? No. So I work with a. Um, I have a client who's a carer, mm. and he was telling me that basically all deaths from old age are caused by pneumonia, that eventually the people lose the ability to swallow, so they end up inhaling their saliva. And get pneumonia from it. Oh. And that's how they die. Gee. Almost all the time. That's how all old people die. Is pneumonia. Because that's one of the first things to go as you're dying. Right. Is your ability to swallow. That's how it gets into your lungs. Okay. Get pneumonia from there. And that's what kills you. It's very interesting. Yeah. I thought. Because I thought. Oh just old age. Which for what does that mean? Yeah. Things just stop. But no. Apparently and it's, it's such a common cause as well. Yeah. yeah. It's pneumonia that kills most people. That's but they don't say it. Like they don't say. Died of old age. Or passed yeah. away. Or whatever. You know. Mm. Um. 
That's very interesting. Um, the parish, parishioner of the week again, Mark, we've gone for one instead of a parish of the week. And this comes from Liberia. Mm. I'd love to get this out in the podcast. He's become a national hero, right? Um, I think he's 18. And he found $50,000 and he returned it to its rightful owner. Wow. Yeah. Would you have done the same? Yeah, I think I would have. I don't think I would have been able to handle having 50,000 that's a lot like, yeah you know. in fairness to Associated Press this they really this is a very detailed article and I have a good bit of commentary on it mm. uh, he's actually going to meet the president of Liberia next week and when um, Emmanuel plans to speak with the president about his desire to return to school mm. because Emmanuel himself left school to run a motorcycle taxi service to earn money for his family Jesus um, and he says that he wants to go back to school and other people like him do because he says there's nothing in that line of work. Mm. Um, so he found that mo he found the money in a plastic bag and he gave it to his aunt for safekeeping. And they soon heard Missu Yancey, a businesswoman on the radio, crying for her money. Mm. So they arranged its return. Uh, the Liberian Anti-Corruption Commission has praised the young man. Mm. He's got this praise and you know, great plaudits, but at the same time, he's also got a lot of stick. He's got a lot of criticism. Uh, he's received threats, and some people now refuse to help him when his motorbike breaks down on the side of the motorway. Jesus. Mm. Because they say he um, he should have kept it. Um, yeah. He defends his honesty with great wisdom. He says, if the owner asks for the return, they should because we do not know the future. That's such wise words. I don't understand. Oh, the idea that that we don't know the karmic uh, repercussions that come uh, from uh, lying and stealing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he got fifteen hundred dollars in cash and materials for the return, and he said that he would give the mattress that he got as part of his reward to his granny. Wow. Yeah, it reminds me of um, Gary V has a thing at the moment where he's saying I would like two. It's either two million, I think, don't have access to running water every day. And here we are cribbing about little bits and pieces, you know, to, to be grateful of what we have. Um, the Holo Expert doesn't have access to running water at the minute. Yeah. Did you hear we were almost going for the 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 quarter or not the quarters? The four main towns could have always all had boil water notices. Um only New Ross held out. New Ross was under pressure, but New Ross survived. Fair play to New Ross. Like cockroaches down there, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> that water has been needed to be boiled for about four hours. <laughs> um, but we say with this Emmanuel fella, like true virtue doesn't know its virtue, and that man certainly. I hope that it repays him in spades to have returned the money anyway, Mark. Yeah, mm. it's very like you can tell that's a part of him as well, like giving the his granny the mattress. Mm, definitely. Um, so Flood um, is at a match at the moment and um, we used two of his last week so I'm going to change this around a bit Mark and I'm going to give you five seconds now yeah. what would Flash Flood say right now? The standard of refereeing in Wexford I think I don't think he's happy with that Yeah, a lot of people are at the minute now like we need you to make a comeback Michael I think Oh Janie Mac <gasps> No No <laughs> No, yeah. no, we need more. I don't know. Maybe if they got an algorithm for referees or something, maybe that would work. Because I don't know. It's a thankless, thankless job. Yeah. Do you know? I, I don't think I said this on the podcast. Maybe it was too. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I was very aggressive in a junior B match lately. Mm. I text the referee afterwards 
to apologize for my behavior. Yeah? Yeah. What did he say? He said, no sweating, the thumbs up or something. <laughs> but like, I, I just, uh, it, it all boiled over. But like, imagine, like I wasn't too bad, but like I felt bad. But imagine, like, imagine the, imagine the amount of abuse. You get. No, no, yeah. would never do it again. Yeah. I don't know what the solution is. Maybe it's the likes of Richie Farrell. I saw him and he was a very, very good referee. Maybe it's he the is. likes of encouraged people that have a bit of backbone and are willing to say someone, oh, uh, what, what did he say to somebody? He said someone on the sideline, will you cop on to yourself or something like that you need someone to say like you know come on like it's a sport it's a match yeah. yeah yeah I got a yellow card yesterday oh okay and uh, I actually shouldn't have got it I probably should have got a yellow card for something else that I didn't see but right. I got a yellow card for this like a ball was coming in now it was a bad tackle I used the wrong hand so like in Gaelic football you're meant to tackle with your near hand I okay. tackled with the far hand but I did get the ball I got a yellow card for it I actually didn't touch your man and uh, he goes he came over and gave the free and I obviously protested my innocence you know I appealed uh, to authority but it didn't work and he just goes I know I know and I feel like I have, I felt like a three year old like <laughs> he goes I know I know I didn't give me a little character <laughs> that's brilliant yeah. um, I, I'd say he'd give out about the weather I think um, but no yeah and he, I, I'd say his blood pressure in a match would be very very high flood yeah 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 he does get hit up but uh his ladies footballers got a walkover yesterday in the relegation final so one more year yeah we're staying up and to credit uh who's the gentleman that's viewed it as a i think it was robbie brooks yeah viewed it as a tactical masterclass by flood <laughs> yeah, no, yeah 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 so no surprise there no um will we take a bit of roy keen i sure why not give us a page michael uh 99 99. What's Roy doing with himself now? Just I don't, did you see Ian? Um, oh, Robbie might help me. He's an Arsenal man. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Ian Wright uh, has appealed to the BBC to um, to fork out the money to get him on I'm a Celeb. He would Roy? be brilliant on oh, that. Imagine. I would watch every night of that for that. Yeah, there's no way he'd ever do it. <laughs> do you That's, not think so? I don't think there's I think if they said, he's been very loyal to the Irish, um, Irish guide dogs for the blind over the years. I'd say if yeah. they gave money to them, he might do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd love that. That'd yeah. be so good. Uh, all right. So, even though he was struggling for fitness and in and out of the side, Brian Robson was the main man in the dressing room. He was always respected at a point of awe by every other player. Much of this was down to his achievements as a player. On the pitch, he was a fantastic warrior, tackling, scoring, defending, great in the air, comfortable on the ball. His courage in the face of injury or any other adversity was bottomless. He and the gaffer, Brian Kidd, were close. The bond between them, obvious. When Alex Ferguson had struggled in his early years at Old Trafford, Robson had fought like a lion to drive the United team forward. He had been a great player for England as well as United, yet there was no conceit, not a trace in his behaviour. The enjoyment. <laughs> his enjoyment of life was evident and his strength of character. He could drink as hard as he trained and played. He was clever and very funny. His zest for life was what made him a great player and a great companion in a drinking session. As the club's captain, Robson was the player's shop steward. The gaffer consulted him on most matters concerning the players. Training, travel arrangements, any of the little and many things that, if not attended to, might grow to become a problem. Mutual respect was key to relationships between Ferguson and Robson and Robson and the other players. Big compliments there for Brian Robson. Mm. Absolutely. Well, that's a, about it this week, Mark. That's it for another week. Yes. Please, if you can, paperchooses.com, link in the Instagram bio. 
Friday the 3rd of December, we'd love to see you. Yeah, buy your tickets, spread the word. If you've bought your tickets already, tell your friends you bought your tickets, yeah. try to get them to come. Tell your mothers, tell your fathers, tell your aunts, tell your uncles. Tell everyone, share it on Instagram. Yeah. Share, if you bought your tickets, share the screenshots, tag us in it, share the actual posts. There'll be more pro, more posts coming up in the coming yeah. weeks, ads, stuff like that, so please share them, like them, all that stuff. And DM us if you do, and you never know, we might reward you with a bag of jellies. Yeah. On that note. On that note, <laughs> ta-ta and farewell. Thank you very much.